We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Well, congratulations on making it to the end of another week. It's Friday. The weekend beckons, a three-day weekend, the Labor Day weekend. Uh, Don't undervalue the uh, ability to survive another week, not because of the demands of your job. I'm talking about the uh, danger in the city of Columbus as uh, teenagers are on a rampage, and we're supposed to have a super hot weekend for Labor Day weekend, and hopefully uh, you'll be able to win the not-in-the-wrong-place-at-the-wrong-time lottery. Uh, you won't be at, you know, a random ice cream place when someone gets murdered, hopefully not you. Ice cream can be a dangerous habit to feed in Columbus, Ohio. We had a uh, 19-year-old man murdered at the Dairy Queen on Schrock Road. We had a 15-year-old Columbus youth uh, murdered outside the uh, Jenny's Ice Cream at Easton. So uh, maybe, maybe, uh, and, and of course, you might not be safe at Kroger either because we have the body cam footage released this morning of a woman who was allegedly stealing liquor from a Kroger and then tried to run from police officers and the officers believed run over police officers. Uh, well, she was stealing liquor, not ice cream, but uh, I was going to say just go buy your ice cream, take it home with you and you'll be safe. Maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, what will that body cam footage show? Well, we have it now. It's out. I have not seen it, but I have seen people who have or have read people who have seen it and their account of the body cam footage, which pertains to the uh, shooting death of Takia Young, the 21-year-old pregnant woman who was shot and killed eight days ago in the Kroger parking lot on Sunbury Road. Happened at 6.20 p.m. Two Blendon Township police officers who were at the store to help someone locked out of their car. Think about the randomness of this. They're called to the store to help somebody who's locked out of their car. And while they are helping the person locked out of their car, that car happens to be parked in close proximity to the car, the Lexus, in which Takia Young is attempting to leave the Kroger. Somebody comes out of the Kroger, they see the cops. Hey, that woman has been stealing stuff from the store, stealing liquor from the store. The officers go over, and uh, I'll just give you some of the interactions. I can't give it all to you because it uh, gets uh, over the line of what's allowed by the FCC at some point in time. So the two officers go up to Takia Young's car. The windows are rolled up. Get out of the car. The dri- the uh, officer on the driver's side of her car says to her twice. Okay, now, this is where most people who give you this account do not pause intermittently to say, what if she had complied with the officers at this point in time? Every single, and I'm going to continue to pound this point 
hopefully effectively enough so that when you are engaging in conversations with friends, you will pound the point. Or when you are watching the retelling of an incident that goes south involving a police officer on TV, you will discipline yourself to ask this question is rather than just fast forwarding to the end where the police officer fires the weapon he has pulled, stop and pause and say, did the officer give the person who at the end of the video ends up shot or dead? Did the officer give the person a chance to comply? And what if the person had complied or What if the person hadn't done what they did next to induce the officer to do what the officer did next? So the officer's standing outside her car by her driver's side window telling her twice to get out of the car. And then the officer says, they said you stole stuff. Don't leave. The officer then, in front of the car, yells at her, get out of the bleeping car. This underscores an important truism of police work. In that, if you don't comply with a police officer's order, it is a normal human reaction that police are not immune from, that they get anxious and agitated. And you say, well, they're trained not to do that, Bruce. Well, Fine and dandy in your world where, you know, the skies are filled with sunshine and balloons. But do you know why they get agitated and angry? Because if you don't comply with a police officer's order, they have a very real fear that you intend to do them significant harm. And I don't know any training that is effective at suspending the normal human emotion to live The normal human desire, dedication to staying alive. You're a police officer. You're in uniform. You have implied authority. But Takiya Young did not comply. So the account that I'm reading from the WSYX website says that Young can be seen turning the steering wheel to the right as the car goes into gear. The vehicle briefly makes contact with the second officer. He fires a single shot through the windshield, striking Young. Young's car rolls slowly, crashes into the wall of the shopping center. She slumped over the vehicle. They had a uh, chest patch on her within like just over a minute. There was a emergency room doctor in the parking lot who came over and ministered to her right away. She very unfortunately died, as did her baby die. Is also noted in this report and what I'm reading about in the dispatch that says she had her handbag over her stomach and that the officers could not see that she was pregnant. I don't know that it would have changed how they would have reacted. But this is a preventable tragedy. It's a tragedy. I'm not disputing that it's a tragedy. I didn't dispute that it was a tragedy when Brianna Taylor in Louisville was shot and killed. Tragedy, no doubt. Avoidable? Yeah. But not the way that the advocates, the social justice warriors, the cop-hating, defund-the-police people would have you believe. Oh, the officer should have never shot his weapon. They don't tell you that 
the guy sleeping with Micaiah Bryant that night, or at least in his inner apartment, fired a gun at the officers first. 100% guarantee I will make you here. You fire a gun at a police officer, they will return fire. Every single officer on the scene will return fire, and they will not stop shooting until they are absolutely 100% convinced that the threat you pose by shooting a weapon at an officer, or in this case, driving a car into a police officer who is clearly standing in front of your car with his gun drawn. I've never had a police officer stand in front of my car with his gun drawn. I'm going to make the assumption that if I ever do, I will not drive my car into the officer because I will know in my head that if I do anything that is provocative, that the officer could reasonably perceive as a threat to his safety, that he will react by shooting his weapon at me and I could very well end up dead. Takiya Young made a bad decision. Perhaps it was the, the end of a bunch of other bad decisions. I don't know if they're going to find stolen liquor in her car. For the sake of the officers involved, I hope they do. For the sake of the officers involved, I hope that the Kroger employee who came out and notified the officers that Takiya Young had been part of a ring of people who were stealing things from that store, I hope that person was correct. But the officers have to assume that that person is correct. And if you're one of the bleeding hearts sitting there saying, well, no one should get shot for shoplifting, for stealing liquor. Can we back up and say no one should be stealing liquor? Okay, if you are stealing, you are setting in motion a chain of events that could lead to the absolute worst outcome. Fleeing a police officer very rarely ends well for the person fleeing the officer. And it did not end well for Takiya Young. I understand why her family's upset, because they lost a loved one. She has two little boys, and she had a little girl whom she was pregnant with, and that is extremely sad that she lost her life and that her children will not have a mom and that her daughter died because of decisions that her mother made. So you'll probably be able to access the body cam footage later today and watch it for yourself, but that is a blow-by-blow of what occurred. Now, we have a second murder suspect arrested in the Dairy Queen murder, and it is one of the people who was wounded in the Dairy Queen shooting. We already had an 18-year-old arrested, Mecky Lewis. Now 19-year-old Kyer Blow has been arrested. Police looked at the uh, video and deem him to be Uh, responsible for having some role in the murder of 19-year-old Nathaniel Joe Summerall. A colleague said to me today, is it just me or does it seem to you like we've had a ton of violence in Columbus lately with teenagers perpetuating it? I said, it's not just you. It's absolutely true. And no amount of money spent on midnight basketball or we're not going to tolerate this anymore speeches seems to be fixing it. Well, I won't take credit for this, but I uh, will celebrate it. Ohio Speaker of the House Jason Stevens has finally done the right thing. He has removed twice-arrested state rep Bob Young, Republican, from his role as chairman of the House Pension Committee. Uh, so Bob Young, who's uh, charged with domestic violence and was arrested just this past week for violating the protection order, 
uh, will no longer be a head of the House Pension Committee. He should not be in the Ohio General Assembly anymore. He should have done the right thing and resigned his position, and he should be going home and doing whatever he has to do to right the relationships that have clearly gone south. Otherwise, he wouldn't be accused of these crimes. I would make the same demand of a Democrat. I will not amend the demand for a Republican. So um, glad to see that Bob Young is no longer the chairman of that committee. Glad to see he won't get the $9,000 pay bump that goes along with it, but he should not be serving. The people of his district deserve better, and more importantly, his family deserves better. Oh, my goodness, are there going to be a lot of mad people tomorrow afternoon. Buckeye football starts tomorrow afternoon. I don't geek out on it the way I used to, and I don't talk much about it here the way I used to in other positions. But I know that this will not go over well. If you have Spectrum Cable, the uh, game between Indiana and Ohio State apparently will not be on Spectrum because... Disney-owned channels like ESPN are having one of those carriage snits with Spectrum that they frequently have with providers. And Spectrum owner Charter Communications says that blackouts caused by Charter's unwillingness to participate in a deal that would see price increases for all customers uh, may result in you not being ac- having access to the Buckeye game tomorrow and maybe for the rest of the year. So uh, make your cable television choices accordingly. But it's not like it used to be where you could have uh, one particular channel or network and you know you're going to get every Buckeye game. Aren't they going to have a game on uh, like some go- like Peacock or something this year? Peacock, NBC, does CBS have any Buckeye games? And CBS used to have the SEC. I don't know if they do anymore, but I mean, you pretty much have to have like every service now to make sure you're going to get all of them, uh, which is would cost you a small fortune. Uh, maybe that's what was motivating uh, a woman by the name of Tiffany Wilson to do what she is charged with doing. She's a former Ohio Department of Job and Family Services subcontractor. Okay? So she's in on unemployment compensation. She's a subcontractor. And she got fired during the pandemic. Well, a lot of people who get fired have an axe to grind with the people who fired them. And Tiffany decided... She would not only get even, but get rich. She is accused in a multi-count indictment of defrauding the state's unemployment system of more than $5 million between November of 2020 and June of 2021. This according to the indictment. There are one, two, three, four, five more people charged with her. So after she was fired, the allegation is she managed to access the computer system used by Ohio Job and Family Services to alter claims, change, delete information, and basically skim money off or send it to herself or something. Would I be over the line in asking, is that all the more secure our state's unemployment computers are, that somebody could be fired? And they'd still have access, they'd still have a portal, they'd still know the passwords, they'd still be able to get in and get to the money? Like, huh? You fired the person, would it not be a good idea to not allow them to get in there and perhaps exact revenge if they're motivated to do that? And it appears if these charges are upheld, 
she was definitely motivated to do that. Now, there are others charged. A second case charges two people, Lachetta McClellan and Alana Hamilton. One of them, a former job and family service employee, faced charges of theft, telecommunications fraud, tampering with records, filing false tax return, money laundering, engaging in a pattern of corrupt activity. How much money did we waste on pandemic relief and pandemic scams around the country? Could we ever do a fair accounting of that? How many how many southern border walls could we build? We could build like six border walls, one inside the other, for the amount of money that was stolen by people during the pandemic. And the lack of stewardship over the taxpayers' money is egregious and unforgivable. Uh, McClellan, the, the first woman... Uh, lives in Toledo. The other two, McClellan lives on the far south side, and Hamilton of South Linden altered, same deal, altered multiple pandemic unemployment assistance claims. Reported by somebody who noticed some funny business going on, told the Ohio State Patrol about it, they investigated, and now they have been indicted. Now, a bunch of you are going to want to get into government computers and make adjustments. When your new tax bill comes out, we are in Franklin County right now amid the once every six year total reappraisal of your properties. Okay. So three years, every three years they reassess. And then the sixth year they do an on site look and do a reappraisal. And the estimates are that homeowners assess tax value of their properties will be increasing 41% in Franklin County this time around. 17% in Grandview Heights, 70% for Hamilton Local Schools. I don't even know where that is. Canal Winchester Licking Heights, 47%. Here's the one you need to know. Columbus City Schools, 48% increase. Now, I'm curious. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about Columbus City Schools putting a $100 million levy on the ballot. Remember? $100 million. That can only be figured based upon existing values of homes in Franklin County. And if those homes are going up in assessed tax value 48%, no, it doesn't mean your taxes will go up 48%. They have some goofy formula where it's like, based on 35% of the assessed value, but it will go up. What kind of jump can you expect? Uh, Franklin County Auditor Michael Stinziano says that the last time Franklin County did an update, but again, it wasn't a total reappraisal. It was just a re-estimate. Three years ago, 2020. Assessed values went up 20%, leading to a tax increase of just shy of 8%. So now, if your value goes up 41%, your tax is headed for 16%.